0: We'll They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: Hi, everybody. It's Doc from the John Freak Pod, and I want to let you know about our new website on WordPress. Take a few minutes and check it out. You'll be able to find pictures of the pod's guests, links to the podcast and social media accounts ways to support the pod how to get in touch and our entire back catalog is there including episode summaries miss these sections of the jmt episodes you can find them there missed a triple crowner episode yep that's there too world travelers adventure athletes polar explorers barclay marathon competitors authors filmmakers documentarians and more are waiting for you take a look at the new website and just a reminder adventure lives here We all eat, and it would be a sad waste of opportunity to eat badly. Anna, Thomas.
2: Uh, what well, we like, yeah, we, we like steaks, and we like we like to drink red wine <laughs> and things like that. And I guess if, if you've got the energy to be able to carry it up there, uh, um, it does does count, does bode a bit of extra weight. It just kind of adds to the to the whole experience of you know I'm out here in this you know big big area of mountains especially in the lake district and whatnot and I'm, I'm and i'm eating a steak and that that's that does it for me it does i think it's kind of combining the two hobbies of bushcraft and mountain camping um and just kind of you know a bit of a crossover really so yeah we do we do eat well and we and we do carry a lot of booze as well sometimes <laughs> so yeah that's just that's just how we do it a lot a lot of other uk campers do the same sort of thing
1: i'm doc and this is the John freaking Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute, help us out, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right, on to this week's content. This week, once again, we are reaching across the pond to talk to one of our friends in the UK. Joining us today is Sean, the creator and star of the Sean Explorers Instagram and YouTube accounts. If you have not followed or subscribed to those accounts, do yourself a favor and take a look. Sean's got lots of entertaining and inspirational content, and it all takes place in the outdoors. Welcome to the John Freaking Muir Pod, Sean.
2: Hi, Doc. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. What time is it over there?
2: It is ten to four in the afternoon.
1: Okay, so Just we. So we dark. I did a better job of coordinating this interview than I did with our friend PJ over in the UK. I, I had set up a uh, an interview with PJ, uh, not realizing where he was, and. He gets on and I find out that he had to go to sleep for a while, set an alarm, woke up. It was actually 2 a.m. Uh, when, <laughs> London time when he was, he was talking to me. So he was, uh, he was a, a great sport about that. And I, I made sure to, to realize where my guests are coming from and make sure that I didn't put you in that same spot. So it's, a, it's early in the morning over here and, and uh, later in the afternoon over there. So very good. All right. Hey, over in the UK, I understand that trail names are not a big phenomenon.
2: Um, no, not, not so much. There are some trails that a lot of people take on, um, usually quite big challenges. Um, you know, you have the likes of the, the Wainwrights Coast to Coast, you have the coastal trails, uh, Southeast Coastal Trail, the Welsh Coastal Path, etc., and things like that. And generally, when people do things like that, it's usually uh, like a charity trial uh, or, or you know, somebody who's, who's really into the hike and i will just take it upon themselves to do it themselves. Um, so, yeah, so trail names aren't really um, massive now.
1: Trail names as in names given to hikers.
2: Ah, well, that proves it because I yes. didn't get what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> that, that absolutely <laughs> proves it, yeah. Um, no, no, it's not. Uh, trail names aren't, aren't really uh, something used by people in the UK. Unless you're a YouTuber or Instagrammer, obviously I've got my tag, which is Sean Explores. Uh um yeah that's that's about as far as it goes
1: so you you obviously don't have a trail name then other than just your uh just sean explores
2: yeah that's it yeah
1: got it do you you explain sorry
2: could you explain trail names a little little oh
1: absolutely yes yeah so a trail name is the name that you earn while you're on the trail something happens you've got a personality trait um and your trail mates your your hikers your companion hikers are the ones to give you the trail name you can't pick your own trail name it has to be uh-huh. given to you by a, a fellow hiker and it has to be related to uh you know some part of your personality or something that happened on the trail for example yeah. i have a a good friend that i have done a lot of hiking with his trail name is chopper <laughs> and his 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 trail name is chopper because he got altitude sickness on a multi-day multi-day hike and the only way to get him down out of, the, uh, out of the altitude to help him was to have him evacuated out by a helicopter. So wow. his, his trail name is Chopper. But there's all kinds of uh, different characters out on the trail. And um, I've had folks on the trail. Uh, Triple Crowner, who's done the Appalachian Trail, the Pacific Crest Trail, and the Continental Divide Trail, he was given the, uh, the trail name Ginger Balls is. <laughs> yeah now i've got a couple of episodes coming up where i talk to scrapbook and little skittles and these all are you know they derive out of uh something that happened on the trail there's something some peculiar peculiar quirk that uh, those those hikers had so it's <laughs> kind of yeah, like a, it's kind of like just a, a an alternate uh persona your hiking yeah, persona
2: but- I've not earned mine yet. Not earned mine yet.
1: <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, have you listened to the podcast before?
2: I have. Yeah, but obviously, since since being invited on, I've, I've took the time to listen to a couple, and yeah, some some far more impressive individuals than myself. I must admit, people have done a lot a lot more than I have. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I really like the format, and it's it's something I'll be definitely be listening to a lot more in the car when I'm, I'm you know traveling to work and whatnot. So I, I found when I got into this. I couldn't find anything like this, like a, a podcast for the outdoors, for, especially for you know, wild camping and hiking and listening to other people's stories. So in short, yes, but not enough, and I, I will listen to it more.
1: I wasn't trying to put pressure on you. I just wanted to know if you were familiar <laughs> with one of our regular features. It's called the Pro Tip Inside of the Week.
2: Yes, I have. Uh, yeah, I've familiarized myself with that. Yeah, I've got something better.
1: <laughs> okay. So you know then, as we get closer to the end of the episode, I'm going to turn to you and I'm going to say, hey, Sean. What is your pro tip inside of the week? What uh, little secret tip insight can you share with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience that much better?
2: Yeah, that's cool. That's about Okay.
1: So be, be thinking about that as we, as we get to the end there.
2: Yeah. Cool. All right. Could, could I just have one second? My dog's scratching against the back door. I'll just let Absolutely. I think the missus has gone upstairs. So she's out the way. So she can not hear. One minute. Okay. Okay. All right. Very sorry about that.
1: No problem. All right. I'm back. He's back. Do you just prefer Sean?
2: Sean, yeah. Sean it's fine.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right.
2: Nothing hey, really I... short for Sean. No nicknames or <laughs> nothing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I won't talk.
1: <laughs> Another feature we've been doing this season is the must bring gear review. Here's how it works. If you were to let a stranger... Pack your bag with pretty much generic gear for a multi-day hike. What is the one specific piece of gear that you would insist on being packed? And if you got a particular brand for that specific piece of gear, even better.
2: Ah, oh, that's a tricky one. Okay. Um, most important for to kit for me. Are um, we talking year-round as well? It can be any time. Sure. Okay. Um... I'm going to go with something a bit strange. I mean, it's not going to really help for, for shelter or anything like that. But the one thing I really appreciate, especially in the in the evenings, is my down jacket. Um, my hooded down jacket, it just, you know, you could be up at the top of the mountain. You could have your tent and everything, but you, you're going to be tent bound unless you have this down jacket. And I mean, it could, be, it could be down at freezing, zero degrees C. You put that on and it just gives you that extra couple of hours to, be outside of your tent, take things in, do a bit of photography. So for me, my, my, my must-have bit of kit that I have with me is my, my uh, Berghouse down. Uh, what is it? It's a Berghouse Extreme micro down jacket. That's, that's my, my prized possession when I'm up in the hills, yeah.
1: Nice, nice. And, and what what kind of temperatures do you get, get yourself into with that jacket?
2: I've been down to zero. Um, obviously, it's, we're now coming into winter in the UK and we've got snow, so I'm due to head out on uh, Wednesday night. I've got some new uh, sleep kit, uh, a new sleep system to, to try out for snow. So I'm hoping for, you know, um, just sort, sort of early minus C figures, So minus three, minus four. Or obviously looking to camp on snow and there's a wind chill on top of that. So we're not yeah. talking Arctic conditions, but yeah, we're getting colder. <laughs>
1: yeah. And just to clarify for our listeners and our viewers, is that centigrade or Fahrenheit?
2: It's centigrade. So I believe um, zero F is minus 18 C. That's how a the scale works. If you go down to zero F, it's actually minus 18 degrees C. So, so when you're talking very,
1: about, when you're talking about zero degrees, you're talking about 32 degrees Fahrenheit.
2: Yeah, could be. Yeah. Yeah. Got I it. don't work in degrees Fahrenheit, unfortunately over here. So <laughs> you know more than me.
1: <laughs> Just barely.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So not, not too cold. As, as you know, I'm fairly, <clears throat> fairly new to this, this sort of hobby. Um, and you know, it's, it's sort of took off in a big way over the past sort of nine months. So this has been my first winter, but I've now managed to be able to, to get hold of the kit, um, especially the sleep system is so important. You know, I mean, every trip I go out on, it's it's more than likely going to be a camp at the top of a mountain. So we've got some pretty serious conditions over here. Nothing like nothing like in, up some of the really big mountains you have over there in America, but it's time to get pretty serious with the kit and try it out and put it through its paces. And yeah, plenty, plenty of come.
1: Yeah, I'm intrigued now. Tell me, tell me about your new sleep system.
2: Yeah, so basically, I was, um, I've was, i got I've gone through a couple of different sleep mats this year. Um, I've had, um, I don't know, do you guys have Robins to, as a brand over there?
1: That that does not sound familiar.
2: No, no. So I started off with, I tried to go for the thickest mat possible, 90 mil, um, had an R value of, I'm not even sure what it was, but it's supposed to protect down to zero degrees. Um, and it was brilliant, first couple of sleeps, but I kept falling off it it was so, it was so thick. Um, so I, I went from that to uh, like um, what you call it, it was just it was just like a cheap pocket spoon kind of match, you know, with all the different cells, different air cells, mm-hmm. um, and that was that was brilliant. But it didn't have any um, any R value to it at all. Got got really good sleeps in the summer, but obviously now it's starting to get cold out. Go back to the robins for some protection. Still didn't keep me warm. So I've actually gone for the um, I've gone with Thermarest. Mm-hmm. I take it do you guys have Therm-A-Rest over there. We do, yep. Yeah, so I've gone for the Thermarest Neo Air X Therm Max sleeping pad. Um it's got an R value of 8.9, so I'll be I'll be comfortable in some pretty harsh conditions. And then from a the sleeping bag, I've actually stuck with ThermArest and I've gone for the Thermarest Questar 0F minus 18C. So that, that claims to be able to keep you warm down to well zero. F, mm-hmm. which is which i'll never well we'll see 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 how the next couple of years go but it right. should certainly keep me toasty in uk conditions yeah uh, so that's that's a new one that's getting used for the first time on wednesday nice nice
1: so let's let's uh let's back up when you said you're you're new to the sport you're new to the to the hobby uh yep. you've been doing this for about nine months or so Let, let's go back and talk about your your background uh yep. growing up your day job how do you fund your adventures you know how did how did it all start here
2: Right. Okay. So, um, day job. I'm, um, I'm I'm an engineer by trade. So, uh, mechanical, electrical engineer, multi-skilled on uh, big big generator sets. I've um, past few years. I've kind of worked my way up through in, into sort of man management, team leading sort of things. But now I've took a, a swoop across into project management, project engineering. Um, so that's how I afford my kit because it's a day job, um, which is cool. That's good. Um, and in terms of the actual hobby itself, a hiking. I used to go out a bit, not, I wouldn't say we were passionate about it. In fact, we definitely weren't, but we'd go on the occasional hike with the family, just up some local hills now and again. Um, we've got a local hill, uh, I say local, one in Wales called Molfamo. I think it's about 500 metres, uh, if that like. It's nothing big, but it's a little bit of a challenge if you're not into it. So I always used to like that, that kind of getting out and about, putting your warm gear on and use the, the sea. Uh, unfortunately, For most of my twenties and into early thirties, it's something that I always wanted to do, but it 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 never happened. Um, And I was, you know, I was always watching different videos on YouTube, different YouTubers who got out and about, you know, in the wild, filming their expeditions, um, the kit that they've got, and I I watched them for years and years and never actually got out to go to go and do it for myself. Um, However, this year, beginning of this year, obviously we've, we've hit the COVID, the lockdown. The UK was locked down for quite a long period at the beginning of the year with absolutely nothing to do, so a lot of spare money, as it were, no nights out, no meals out, etc. So, started gathering kit together. Um, I got in touch with an old friend of mine who I used to work with um, when I was a bit younger, and it turns out that he was doing exactly the same thing. He'd already been on one wild camp, Um, so that was it. You know, we were talking pretty much most days, buying kit here, buying kit there off Amazon. Other suppliers are available. Um, mm. <laughs> yeah, the different bits and bobs were turning up at the house, and I, and, I, and I knew that I was going to get out and do it. Um, and then came um, a challenge that was set on Facebook, and it was the, um, the Great British Camp House, it was called. And what that was was a company, or well not a company, a guy set up a Facebook page and a Just Given page, and basically got on all the outdoor UK groups. Um, promoting the idea of let's all camp out in our gardens. Um, and to do so, you have to pay a pitch fee. And the pitch fee would be to donate to this to this charity. And it was for the NHS. It's our, our National Health Service in the UK. So so luckily, I had all this new kit and I managed to give it a shakedown in, in my back garden. Um, so, so that happened. Um, and then from there, you know, we sorted a couple of little camps out and um, an opportunity came up where I had to, um, go and work up in Scotland for work. And unfortunately, all the hotels, B&Bs, et cetera, were closed. And yeah, I had I, all this new kit.
1: I, I saw this video. I saw this video. <laughs> don't, don't, don't give too much away. I want to talk about this a little bit later.
2: Okay, no worries. We'll, we'll hold it there. We'll hold nice. it there on that. Very
1: good. Yeah. Hey, I've got some questions, Sean. Now, yeah. First of all, you talk about the great British campout. In my yeah. mind, I'm envisioning Paul Hollywood and Prue uh, kind of organizing this this whole thing with Noel Fielding kind of uh, jumping around in the background, yeah. Not, not not related to the Great British Bake Off.
2: No, I think I no. think the guys got I think the guy who created it got the idea from that uh, the name from there. But, um, and it, and it definitely helped. They made they made an absolute fortune. They made they made a couple of hundred thousand pounds, I believe. I'll have yeah. to check up on it and, and see where they are with it. But yeah, they just took the name.
1: Oh yeah, you go. You start off with Great British, and you automatically go to the to the show. So. Yeah, yeah exactly, very good.
2: Exactly.
1: So, um, you're are you in Wales now?
2: Is that where you live? No, no, well. I live on the border between, sort of on the border. It's, it's about, I'd say, five, seven miles from the border of Wales and England. So, I'm English-born and bred, um, but we do have really easy access into Wales and Snowdonia. Got it. And whatnot. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's closed at the moment, Wales, and if mm. you're aware of that, so yeah, we've got no access at the minute.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, wh- where did you grow up? Where were you raised? What city? Um,
2: place called? Place called Elsmere Port. It's a, it's like a, a working man's town. Um, oil refineries, car manufacturer there. Um, not really much in the in the way of the, the great outdoors. You know, you have to travel for for any sort of mountains. Um, not too far from not too far from where I am now. But again, it's traveling into Snowdonia or, or to the Peak District. Um, or if you've got a bit longer, let's travel up to the lake. So never really had any sort of great walks. And I guess that's probably why it's took until now for me to get into this hobby and sport.
1: Mm-hmm. Any kids?
2: Yeah. Got a five-year-old daughter, Amelie. We took her on a first, I took her on her first summit uh, last week. Um, nothing massive. It was a, a little, a little hill mountain called Mam Um, but it has a, it has a peak on it. Um, there's some photos over on my Instagram channel of a stud on top of the trig point And, uh, yeah, she loved it, yeah, so little Amelie, she'll be a future explorer.
1: Nice, get her hooked early, very good. I will. <laughs> as you are accumulating all the gear, the bits and bobs, as you said, and it's, it's arriving in the mail, what, I heard you refer to the missus. What, what does the missus think? What does missus Sean think of this whole endeavor?
2: Right, so the wife, Claire, um, yeah, she was, supported, she was supportive of it. I'm, um, I've always been sort of like an extreme hobbyist, I'll, 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 I'll pick something up I'll look at something and think I want to do that and I'll go out and I'll, I'll get the gear so motocross for example motocross um, I went out, got the bike, got all the gear did it for a year and then thought I've kind of reached my limit here I'm, I'm, I'm a bit bored of this and then that went and went for something else now she thought this would probably be the same, be the same with the, the hiking and the wild camping however I've not got bored and, and I can never, ever see myself getting bored because there's so many legs off this hobby, whether it's, you know, grade one scrambles or ice climbing or, or you know, abseiling or super long adventures. I think this hobby is the hobby for me. It's, it's one that, you know, you, you, you can't get bored of. So, yeah, she's, she's very supportive. She, she bought me my new sleep system, funnily enough for Christmas, and my birthday, which is on Sunday. So I've got the, the sleep mat for, for Christmas. And a sleeping bag for my birthday. Um, but yeah, she's supportive. And funnily enough, um, this Christmas she actually asked for a hiking gear. So yeah, so she's yeah, mate, it's worked, it's 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 spread through the family. And it and it's just a great way to get out with the family, isn't it? You know? Um so she's got a really nice pair of Solomon uh, 40 4 GTX boots and full get out montane gear. And yeah, she looks she 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 likes it, it's good.
1: Good. Nice, nice. I, you know, you said a couple of things that really resonated with me. One is that you're an extreme hobbyist. I have, I have literally characterized myself with those same words: an extreme yeah. hobbyist. I, I get get a hold of something and just stick with it, stick with it, stick with it, and uh, really dive deep into it. So that's that's pretty funny. Yeah. You're you're gonna fit in just fine here.
2: Yeah, that's cool.
1: That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> Now you mentioned ice climbing. Is that really a, a, a possible offshoot for you?
2: No, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> who, who knows? Never say never. I look at ice climbing as probably the most extreme you can go with in our hobby. It's certainly an offshoot of our hobby. Yeah. You know, at the moment, at the moment I'm, a, I'm an unfit early thirties, something that loads a big backpack up and sort of goes on a, on a trail and camps and drinks beer. But you know, this, this year coming for me is, is all going to be about getting fit and, and challenging myself, so all I'd say is, is never say never. Um, I'm a I'm a real uh, kit geek, so you know as I start delving into different bits of kit, who knows where it's going to go? I certainly want to, uh, like say, I, I can I want to see myself doing this sort of stuff for the rest of my life. Um, so it could it could happen, but you definitely need a lot of training.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned offshoots, so many offshoots, the ice climbing being the, the one extreme, you've of course got just the, you know, day hiking, you've got through hiking or section hiking. Yeah. Um, you've got uh bouldering. Yeah. Mountaineering. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of uh, different things you can do. And I've talked to a variety of people. I talked to to one guy a few weeks ago who uh, pretty incredible guy, pretty incredible story. He is the only person to have been to the South Pole, the North Pole, and the top of Mount Everest in one year.
2: Wow! Eric Larson, see, I told, I, you yeah. see, I told you. See me? I'm just, I'm just a small <laughs> fry compared to some of your guests. <laughs> but no, just, well, just,
0: just
1: as an example of you know where this can lead you. I mean, polar expeditions yeah. and and standing on top of you know the world basically.
2: Exactly. exactly. He,
1: I told him I had never had anybody on the show who had uh, been on top of Everest, and if he could share that story with us, as as you know, the the final day when he got to the very top, and it was it was Fantastic. pretty crazy. Yeah, really, really. I'll wild.
2: have a look out for that. What episode is that, by the way, for, you, for your viewers and for me?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it is uh, season two episode. Oh, geez, I got to go back here.
2: I don't mean to get you here. Sorry, what's his name? <laughs> okay. Eric, Eric
1: Larson. Eric Larson.
2: Two,
1: yeah, season two, episode cool. six. It comes out on February 20th.
2: Right, brilliant.
1: Yep, and for our listeners who are tuned in, they know that today they're listening to season two, episode 11, which is going to come out on March
2: 27th. Cool. All cool.
1: right, Okay. Well, I kind of got us derailed there. What were we Sorry, talking about? Sorry, that was me. No.
2: <laughs> that was me. Um, just, just, just sort of offshoots, you know. I mean, yeah. I definitely, I definitely see the next, the next sort of um, offshoot. Me doing will be, you know, mountaineering to an extent. I'm, I'm looking at, like I say, I'm, I'm new to this hobby. I'm new to the, all the groups on Facebook, and I'm seeing, you know, people coming alive this time of year when the snow falls on the mountains, and and they they love nothing more than chucking a pair of, you know graded boots on with crampons and an ice axe and you know i don't have that kit it's not going to happen this year but it's certainly i can see myself coming next year when i've you know when i've, when I've been able to accla- sorry able to accumulate that sort of kit that'll definitely go out and give it a go um so yeah it's just it's just about you know personal development isn't it you know you want to try and push yourself to different things so mm-hmm. yeah what's a hobby
1: Yep. And so again, what was the, what was the inspiration? What was the, the little voice that whispered in your head and said, Hey, let's throw uh 35, 40 pounds on my back and, and go out and walk for miles on end and, and sleep on the ground. I mean, what, what, uh, what was the inspiration that got you going?
2: So um, it, it, it basically, it all falls back to one YouTuber um, and my old boss as well. Uh, my old, my old manager. Um, so my old manager, a friend of mine, Reg, he um, he started getting into this wild camping thing when I was working for him a good few years ago, <clears throat> and I thought, what what are you doing? You know what I mean? And he said, hey, check out this guy on on YouTube. His name's Hayes Outdoors. Just watch yes. his videos. Yes,
1: I've I've watched Wait. his videos. I've I've yeah. tried. I've reached out to him, but he has not responded. He's he's
2: pretty incredible. He's um, yeah. So in a way, like without. Without fanboying, I'd say that Hayes Outdoors has been the inspiration, really, for for what I do. I think I like his video style. It's no nonsense. very laid back. He does some incredible things. He goes Mm -hmm. to some brilliant locations. And, you know, everything that he does, um, you know, I see a bit of fun in as well. So it was kind of down to him. Um, I think the same from my my old – I told you about my old work colleague, who we got back into the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. And it's, he's kind of been on pretty much every adventure with me. We've, we've done this hobby together. It's, his name's Di, Di Outdoors. Um, yeah, check him out on Insta as well. <laughs> um, but um, he was the same, yeah. So inspired by the same guy. Hey, he's outdoors. So he's, he's quite um, he's a big influence in, in, in the UK community, you know, because he, he doesn't just do the mountaineering. It's the, it's the bushcraft in the woods with your hammock. And again, that's something else that I do. I do, I do a bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah it's just i think just the inspiration with watching him having fun <laughs> and i thought that was brilliant so yeah
1: yeah he, he i've watched uh, quite a few of his videos he he seems to be in some pretty remote locations beautiful locations and yeah. uh around lakes and ponds and he'll go swimming and I, yeah I have,
2: wild swimming
1: i have to think that that water is is pretty damn cold
2: yeah yeah um funnily you should say that um, I've just had a. I was challenged recently by another YouTuber. There's a there's a a, there's a challenge going on at the minute. It's just a, just about picking up momentum on, on YouTube amongst the UK outdoors people, and it's basically the cold water challenge now. Hazy has been doing this for yonks. Well, a guy called JRP Outdoors set this challenge, and basically he challenged anybody to spend thirty seconds underwater outdoors at this time of year. So you're talking probably four degrees centigrade i don't know if you can you can convert that four to five degrees centigrade yeah the
1: conversion is damn cold
2: yeah damn cold so um so on he 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 um yeah he tagged a couple of people and i basically got tagged off that so i i had to do that the other day so 30 30, 30 seconds in a freezing cold river the other day so that, yeah, the videos up on up on the channel there and it's something I'm going to continue doing. It's supposed to be supposed to be really beneficial for the, for the body. He even say it reverses the aging process. Now I don't know. I don't know how true that is. Um, but yeah, if, if it does that, I'm certainly willing to, you know, try try and get rid of the past ten years.
1: <laughs> yeah, my son was telling me about the uh, right. uh, the benefits of taking cold showers, and he's going to do it every day for a month. I'm not sure how far That's he something. got, but uh, he, he didn't convince yeah. me to do it. So.
2: No, it's exactly the same thing. I think there's a guy out there. I've not researched him too but there's a guy called Wim Hof or Wim Hof. Yes. Um, he's,
0: mm-hmm.
2: he's, if you've heard of him, yeah. And, it, and yeah. It's, it's, all, it's all kind of based around his theories and yeah, you know, yeah. All I you can know. say is it was freezing cold.
1: <laughs> Wim Hof, his Instagram account is is bonkers. He's He's out there in just shorts out in, it seems like Arctic conditions, sitting in yeah. the snow, you know, having a good time. Yeah uh that's it. crazy stuff i
2: need to have a go i need to have a go at that That certainly might make, make my videos interesting wouldn't it <laughs> yeah
1: i want to see that your next video i want to see you just in some shorts sitting in sitting in some snow so uh,
2: right we'll try that on wednesday <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice now you said is it dave outdoors or outdoors dave
2: what my my friend yes my, the, oh no it's die so it's so it's um it's the Welsh nickname for Dave, so D A I. Okay, die, die, and then it's outdoors UK. Um, yeah, he's he's my my real, real good buddy, die. Um, we we go out on all these adventures together. We plan them, and yeah, he's 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 over on on Instagram. He doesn't do the YouTube, but he does feature in quite a few of my videos. He's a, he's a good laugh. Yeah,
1: yeah, I've seen him in your videos, and I thought I couldn't I could, I couldn't get the name quite right, and so I I did a I did a look up of uh, outdoors Dave. On YouTube, yeah, and there's so, there's a guy out there named Outdoors Dave. I thought maybe that was him, but uh, obviously not. So
2: that's another friend of mine, Dave Outdoors. <laughs> Dave Outdoors, <laughs> there that, you go. Yeah, that's another friend of mine. Um, yeah, so funnily enough, me and Dave have been out on a camp and collaborated on a, on YouTube video. Um, okay. We went to, the, went to the Peak District. Yeah, but yeah, he's another good guy, Dave. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. he's, um, he's doing well.
1: Nice, nice. All right, so hey, let's uh, let's talk about this whole concept of wild camping now i want to i want to understand wild camping because we we don't refer to it as wild camping in america i just want to see if if what are the differences or i mean what what are the rules in the uk about camping and what is wild camping
2: okay so um i guess in america you probably just call it camping yeah 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 Um, yeah so so in the uk um Basically, there's not a lot of open access land where you can just go and set up and pitch a tent and camp. There just there just isn't a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, even our national parks mostly are owned by farmers. Um, the national parks do own certain sections of that land. Um, so essentially, in England, there's only really one place where you can wild camp legally, and that's a place called Dartmoor, which is down in the southeast, sorry southwest, of the UK. Um, However, in certain places like, you know, the Peak District and the, the Lake District, especially the Lake District with bylaws, which allow you to camp and it's tolerated. And it's usually above the highest fell wall, away from a certain water course. And the idea is that you, you pitch late and then you leave early. Um, you leave no trace. That is the most important sort of ethos amongst, amongst wild campers. Definitely leave no trace. And, um, especially up on the fells, no fires, just, you know, don't, don't have any fires up up on the fells. So that, that's kind of, kind of the rule that we follow is leave no trace. Um, it's kind of stretched over to the peak district as well. Although there is no official bylaws in the peak district for all that. It's, it's kind of tolerated. Um, now Scotland, Scotland, there is no trespass hang, law. Hang on Sean. So, what, what
1: does kind of tolerated mean? Um, you, you set up, you pitch your tent and you, you, you hunker down for the night. What are the odds that someone's going to come by and say, hey, you can't do this here. You get pack up. Get out of here. Is that, it can uh, happen. Yeah. Well, okay. It can, it,
2: it, can, it can happen. You know, these national parks have ranges. Um, and if they do come along and ask you to move, then, okay, you pack up and you move on. You sort of make your excuses, apologize, and off you go. Thankfully, I've not had it happen to me. Um, I have heard of others have it happen, but none of my friends have, have had that happen yet. You know, and if, Between us, we're out quite often. Um, I guess you've just got to be sensible. You've got to get somewhere, you know, get up as high as you can, sort of away from view of any buildings, really out in the sticks, as we call it, out, out in the wilderness. So mm-hmm. that, that's what you've got to do. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that's the UK. Same with Wales. Wales, it's, it's not legal to wild camp in Wales, but if you're up in the mountains, you're away from anyone, you leave no trace. I guess the question is have you really been there if, no, if there's no <laughs> evidence of it? You know?
1: <laughs> Sounds like a very metaphysical question. sorry I cut you off when you're talking about Scotland
2: oh yeah so Scotland basically um, they have the right to roam there's no trespass law whatsoever in Scotland so you can essentially um, providing you're not causing criminal damage or or anything like that um, you can set up camp pretty much anywhere Um, there are a couple of places where you're not allowed to (laughs) and I believe um, there's two places Loch Lomond and you'll have to bear with me on this, I think it's the Trossets, um, but there is a, a permit system there, and the idea is, behind that, is to stop like over, the place being over camp, mm-hmm. because they're both extremely picturesque places, Loch Lomond is going to be getting done this year by myself and Die. I'm going to try and do like, a, a kayak camp out there on one of the islands, but you have to have a permit, and I think that's rightly so, it's just such a beautiful place, you don't want the whole perimeter of this lake being surrounded by tents free of charge. So, yeah, they, they, they permitted that. But other than them, two places go wherever you please, pitch your camp, enjoy yourself.
1: Yeah, I like that philosophy. Right to Rome in Scotland. Yeah, the
2: right to Rome. Yeah, so the, again, the right to Rome is something actually from England. So, with like public footpaths, and we do have footpaths and trails and whatnot. Um, so, I believe the right to Rome, there was a march. Many many years ago, I've not prepared for this for this uh, conversation on this part, but it all began with um, like a, a, a march essentially on on Kinder Scout, which is uh, on a local sort of mountains by us. It's only 600 meters, um, but yeah, they all had a big march and just walked through fields and whatnot and protested against the trespass law that we don't have the right to roam within within our own country. And off the back of that, we've now got you know hundreds of of Paths you can you can go and walk on wherever you want so yeah but i, I need to do some more research on that one
1: <laughs> no that's good that's good and what are what are some of the long trails in you, the uk i know that you mentioned Snowdonia Way, away and i talked to pj uh who did Snowdonia Way. away uh, um what what other types of multi-day through hikes are available in the uk
2: in the uk there's loads you know there, i was looking at a map yesterday again on <clears throat> on facebook it seems all i right. do especially around Christmas nothing those scan through the groups on Facebook uh-huh, yeah. um, and this this guy created he's actually created a map you can download and it's got all the big multi-day hikes on there but there's you know, some standout ones for me that I, that I would be interested in is definitely the way rights coast to coast that's definitely one that I want that I do want to go and do that's gonna that's um, they say to do it between sort of 10 to 14 days of hiking and wild camping along the way um, it goes from on the the West Coast, up in the Lake District, over to the East Coast, um, I want to say it ends in Whitby, a place called Whitby. And the idea is, is you pick up a stone on the beach that you leave in the Lake District. You carry that stone all the way across, and then you drop that stone on the beach on the other side. Um, you know, nostalgic, eh? <laughs> so, yeah, so, that, so that's one that I want to do. It's a you're going you're
1: gonna to carry, carry an extra rock for 14 days? I mean, that Yeah. It that goes against the whole, you know, ultra light <laughs> camping uh, deal. <laughs>
2: It does, it does. I don't know how I'm going to carry two weeks worth of beer in my back either, but you know, I'll get, I'll get around to that. <laughs> so that's one of them. Um, you know, a couple, a couple of, um, one more that the, uh, another guy that I, that I speak to through YouTube, he's just on the West Highland Way, which looks like a good trail. He did that. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's lots. You need this map, basically. This map has got every single one of them on it. In fact, one that I would like to do is the Anglesey Sea Coastal Path. So Anglesey is—it's not so much mountainous trail; it's a coastal path again, mm-hmm. and that—that that basically goes around the whole perimeter of Anglesey. So Anglesey is like a small island off the coast of Wales. Um, I've done a done a camp there recently, and it's just absolutely breathtaking. You wouldn't think you were in the UK when you're on that coast. It's it's just it's beautiful. So maybe one day, once I've, I've built up my uh, built up my leg a little bit.
1: Nice. I'll tell you what—we're gonna get a. Uh an image of that map and we'll post it on social media leading up to this episode. So people can reference that, uh, as they're listening.
2: Well, I'll get one. Send, I'll find it again and send it over to you.
1: Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to hear about Sean's first wild camping experience. And I understand there is, there's is a, a bit of a story to that. So you're not going to want to miss that. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
2: Hi, this is Sean from the Sean Explores YouTube channel and Instagram page. And you're listening to the John Freaking the O-Pod.
1: And welcome back. Talking to Sean of Sean Explores. And we had just gone through a bit about wild camping in the UK. And I want to hear from you about your first wild camping experience. I understand there's a story or two in the, in that, uh, in that experience.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So basically, um, I mentioned earlier, obviously my, my career and whatnot, and I've worked in, um, engineering management, managing a team. And that, that involved looking after a team over, um, the North of England and Scotland as well. So we're here, we're in, we're in lockdown, the whole country's in lockdown. I've been recently getting all this kit together, um, so I've got all this kit ready to go and basically a problem happened on one of my sites up in, up in Scotland that the, the guys couldn't fix. So it basically meant that really I needed to get up there and give the lads a hand and go and see how they're getting on and you know sort them out. But unfortunately, all the hotels and bed and breakfasts where, where I would usually stay were closed. So I kind of had a bit of a brainwave and thought, OK, what I can do here is um, I can use my kit. I can get my first wild camp and essentially... I've got an excuse to be up there wild camping. So I got my bag packed, chucked it in the back of the van, went up to Scotland, did my did my work. Um, and then once work had finished, I thought, right, we need to find a spot. We need to find a place to go. So after visiting Asda, buying a steak and a disposable barbecue and whatnot, I wasn't fully set up for this, for this wild camping experience. Definitely knew it was what I wanted to do, but I needed to kind of, you know, make make the best of a bad situation really. So, Funnily enough, it's actually the the name of your podcast, the John Muir, John freaking Muir podcast. Is um, I take it is it named after John Muir from the UK at all?
1: Absolutely, born in born in Scotland, came over here. Father of the national parks.
2: There you go. Yeah. So the John Muir Way in Scotland goes from the west coast and actually ends in a place called Dunbar on the east coast. Okay, and Dunbar was where I did my first wild camp on the beach on Dunbar um so yeah so that was the place that, that, I, that sorry i found a place um on the beach near dunbar took, took a little bit of a hike set up set my tent up got some photos for instagram absolutely brilliant and i thought right it's time to cook this, this beautiful steak on a on this disposable barbecue so did a little bit of looking around for some driftwood. got a load of driftwood together because i'm definitely going to have a fire afterwards of course i am so i started cooking a steak and whatnot everything was going great i um started to run out of driftwood so again went on the beach looking for driftwood found a load and I found this one piece of um it was strange really it was treated timber that must have washed up Mm -hmm. and I thought oh that'll that'll do that'll burn for a while so yeah so I put that on the fire and it started spitting as you you do none of the other wood spat at all apart from this one bit of standout timber um it started spitting anyway so I thought all right we'll take that off chuck it off the fire um and funnily enough, obviously I mentioned I've been inspired to get to do all this kind of things by a guy called Hayes Outdoors on YouTube. I thought, you know what? I'm going to give give myself. I'm going to practice filming myself and talking into the camera. So if you watch that video, the very beginning bit, you'll see the fire glowing off my face and then talking into the camera. That right. was never supposed. That was never ever supposed to be released for you know the public to see. It was just it was, it was for me to to play back and think. I wonder if I'd be any good at this YouTube stuff. Uh huh. Um, anyway. We, we, I digress. So, eventually, as the evening went on, I decided to retire into my tent and um, I noticed that my, my sleep mat was flat. There was there was no air in it. Oh, oh it'll be the valve, you know, the valves being funny on it um, it's let all the air out. So, it starts blowing into this into this air mat, you know, and they're not the easiest of things to blow up with by breath. So, I'm blowing into this air mat and I start hearing a hissing noise. And I'm thinking, oh, great, it's it's, it's punctured. All oh, right, okay. Well, no worries. I've got the puncture repair kit with me. Let's have a little look. So I find this uh, puncture, and it's actually a burn hole uh, about the size of a, for UK listeners, five pence piece, I guess, over there. I don't know, a dime or, or whatever, whatever you call it. Like a, a, nice, a yeah. nice big burn, burn hole in it. And I, I couldn't, I was like, how, how the heck has this happened? Um, anyway, set about fixing that up in me, in me cramped little tent in the dark. Um, managed to, to fix that. And as I uh, go to pull my, my sleep mat back over, um, I noticed a bit of a, a, a rough a rough patch, as it were. So I had a look at it, and lo and behold, directly above where the, the hole in the sleep mat was, there was a hole in the sleeping bag in both layers. So I looked up, and there's a big hole in my tent as well. <laughs> <laughs> so what had happened with that, that lovely bit of timber that I thought, this will burn great, because it, it spat off an ember, red hot, I landed on the tent, went through both layers of the tent, both layers in my sleeping bag and through my air mat. Um, so obviously, when when that happened, I decided, right, okay, let's film this. Um, so yeah, so I just filmed myself talking what I found and and whatnot, and yeah, how the camp kind of went. Posted it on YouTube, and I think it got it's my first ever YouTube post. It got like a thousand views in twenty four hours. So I thought, right, okay, I'm a YouTuber. This is this is what we've got to do. <laughs> this 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 is what's going to happen for the next year. Um, <laughs> And yeah, everything's kind of stemmed off that, really. Um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much my my, my first world camp ended in disaster, um, but it didn't it didn't put me off. It didn't put me off.
1: It ended in disaster, but also uh, propelled you into YouTube stardom.
2: Yeah, I, w- <laughs> I wouldn't go as far as stardom. Yes, um, you know, I'm doing I'm doing okay on it. Uh, my video quality's definitely improved and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it's definitely got me on the road to. Uh, to starting something that has turned out that I absolutely love doing, you know, it's, it's a big part of what I do. It, it's a big part of the reason why I get out there, is is to make the videos, as well as obviously for my own personal, personal development, and well-being, and whatnot. So.
1: Yeah, you have combined two hobbies into into uh, into one, right? Yeah. You've got your yeah. your outdoor experiences and your YouTube your accompanying YouTube channel. So, exactly. as a serial hobbyist, you've 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 checked a couple yes. of boxes there. Very good.
2: There you go. That's probably why I'm not getting bored because I've got two things to go at.
1: <laughs> no, so let, let's let's talk about that. Your your first wild camping experience. Your first your first time taking your gear out. I, I know, I remember that feeling I get to set up the gear, get to sleep out there, get to experience it for the first time. And you send a burning ember th- through the top of your tent, through your sleeping bag, down into your <laughs> sleeping pad. Do, do you have, do you have that same gear? Did you have to replace it all?
2: No. So I was quite lucky really. Um, like I say, the, um, the, the sleep mat came with a repair kit. So I used that on it. Um, I just let, left the top of the tent open to the elements, and my, my sleeping bag for that night. It was fine. It was okay. Mm-hmm. And then um, I started doing a bit of research online for like, obviously, technical fabrics and how you can repair them and and whatnot. And I found this. Um, you probably you probably know about it. I found this this product called um, Gear Aid Tenacious Tape. Um, so basically, that that repaired my sleeping bag with a little cotton wool thing in it. So I used that up until my last camp, which was a couple of weeks ago um so that worked out well and the tent again got a patch on the top of it since shifted that tent on to a friend who bought it he's happy so everything got repaired it, it was okay you know it was an absolute disaster and my, my, my kit wasn't wasn't homeless and shiny but it still served me well for the, for the rest of this year and everything i've done yeah so yeah but everything's been replaced now so
1: yeah, it's probably a good thing you didn't come home from that trip and say, "Hey, Claire, I've got to replace everything." Sorry, I got to get all new stuff. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I know she would gone, she have gone mad, but I've actually have replaced everything since. So there we yeah. go. Yeah, <laughs> very good,
1: very good. Now, another thing I've noticed from your videos is that you eat pretty well on the trail.
2: Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, we uh, we eat well. <laughs> so yeah. you had a,
1: you had a steak on on that particular trip. Um, yeah. Another video that I watched, you had a steak on top <laughs> on top of a, a mountain. I think it was with Outdoor Dave or Dave Outdoors. Die die outdoors. Die die outdoors. Um, die, die. Looked like a pretty pretty big juicy steak uh, that you guys yeah. were having. And then yeah. I think the first video on your on your channel that I watched was you riding a bike out into the middle of nowhere and then <laughs> cooking up this massive hamburger with two yeah. patties. So that was that was pretty impressive. You, yeah. you eat pretty well on the trail.
2: We do, yeah, we do. Um, like I say, the the, the longer trails, like the, the big sort of eighteen mile trails, twenty mile trails, and whatnot. If we're out hiking all day, um, we'll we'll tend to go for like what we call a boil bag meal or like a dehydrated meal. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I, I don't really enjoy them. They they serve a purpose. Uh, what well, we like, yeah, we, we like steaks and we like we like to drink red wine <laughs> and things like that. And I guess if if you've got the energy to be able to carry it up there. Uh, um, it does does count, does bode a bit of extra weight. It just kind of adds to the to the whole experience of, you know, I'm out here in this, you know, big big area of mountains, especially in the Lake district and whatnot, and I'm, I'm and I'm eating a steak. And that, that's that does it for me. It does. I think it's kind of combining the two hobbies of bushcraft and mountain camping. Um and just kind of, you know, a bit of a crossover really. So yeah, we do we do eat well and we and we do carry a lot of booze as well sometimes as well. So <laughs> Yeah, that's just that's just how we do it. A lot, a lot of other UK campers do the same sort of thing. So,
1: is is uh, your YouTube channel? It's outdoors. It's uh, is it a cooking channel as well? This is how you cook a, an outdoor steak.
2: No, <laughs> it may be. It may be. You give me inspiration there. Um, I've done the one cooking video, which, as you mentioned, that hamburger. Yeah. Um, I was actually out doing. Um, it was. I, I had no big trips planned or anything. I thought, you know what? I've got this beautiful forest on my doorstep. Um, I've seen a lot of questions about hammock camping and whatnot and I've learned quite a bit about hammock camping over the last year we've done a fair few um, again my friend Di Outdoors he's, he's given me tips I've given him tips we've, we've received tips off people offline so I thought what I'm going to do I'm going to make an instructional video on how to set up a hammock and what to buy what what modifications etc and basically what you can do so the reason why I did the cooking on that day was I thought well I don't want to go out to the woods and just set up a, a hammock for camping I thought and and video that let's make two videos and I'll get a really nice juicy burger out of it. So that's, that's kind of how that happened. But we, so we we have done other cooking videos as well. So um, I did initially set up um, a a video series called um, hot mountain meal hacks. Now that's kind of sort of, um, sort of died to death. I've done done two episodes for that. First episode I cooked a a bag of microwave rice in a jet boil. That was really easy. But the idea behind it was how to create a meal, a substantial meal, two pounds take it up in the mountains um so so that was pretty good that may come back next year died i did a philly cheesesteak baguettes for under two pound per head that was a good good video and a good good strand so yeah we'll see there may may be more cooking there'll definitely be more adventures
1: very good hey we've we've kind of segued into your youtube channel what what kind of content what kind of content uh can folks find on your youtube channel
2: so it's basically it's it's me um couple of friends I do I do do solo solo hikes and camping and you know I mentioned earlier outdoor swimming is, is another thing um, kayaking and just that sort of stuff really it's 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 just yeah it's, it's watching me getting out and about and taking you to beautiful places and the idea behind it is just to show that you know uh, a not particularly fit early 30s year old man can can do these kind of things and get out there and just just to inspire other people really i i i think i mean i'm gonna say this because it's my own content but i think it's inspirational for people who are who, who wouldn't normally think of getting out there i think if they see me doing it they're gonna think you know what i can do that if he can do that i can do that um so that's the kind of content um that's on there at the minute um yeah just beautiful places in the uk mm-hmm. that sort of thing and just.
1: Yeah, so yeah. you you've got your your outdoor adventures, you've got um, food prep as you as you mentioned. Of course, there's yeah. there's all kinds of humor in your episodes. I really enjoy that. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, anything on gear? You you've done any any gear breakdowns or uh, analysis? Yeah, so
2: I did in the beginning. Again, as, as I mentioned, it was kind of an accident. The first wild camp and making this mm-hmm. YouTube. This YouTube was kind of an accident, so. Literally, within a week of posting that video and it going crazy on YouTube, uh, but, you know, for someone with no subscribers, I went out and did a, basically a video on my beginner's wild camping kit. Um, mm-hmm. It was just literally a load-out video out, out, out in the trees, uh, in the fields, close, close to me, just showing people the route I'd gone down, what I'd chosen, the reason why I'd done it, um, the research that I did behind it. So there's going to be a lot more coming soon. And the reason why I've not done that is because I'm not a fan of these sort of unboxing review videos. You know, mm-hmm. someone does a review on something that they've just took out the box. I want to be able to give a review on something to people that's an honest, tried and tested review that I've used in the field. So yeah, there's plenty more of that to come. And by the time this episode's out, yeah, there'll be, uh, there will be quite a few gear review videos on there.
1: Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. So you've been doing this for nine months. What, what changes have you seen in yourself since you've uh, undertaken this new hobby?
2: Uh, fitness. So fitness has definitely improved, and that's not through changing my diet or, or anything like that. I just tend to go out hiking a lot more. I'm always on. I always seems to be on an uphill slope, um, and I, see, I get I get up them slopes so much easier now, and that's that's just by you know getting out and doing it. Um, so that, that's a big change that I've seen in myself. Another one that I've seen in myself um, is it's kind of looking at the mental health side of things. Um, I, I I've I've been known. I've well, not been known, but I'll. I do suffer with something called uh, sad seasonal affective disorder mm-hmm. um, basically in the u k where where we live in the u k obviously we go from having you know um, eight hours of darkness in the summer to in the in the, in the winter we only get eight hours of daylight so that's like a big change you know um, and i've had, I've had to take for the past few years really strong vitamin D tablets which which have to an, to an effect counteracted that kind of Sort of not, not depression, but yeah, I guess it is. It's, it's, a, it's a way of calling it depression. Mm-hmm. Now, now this year, we're getting out so much and being out in the open and going on these, these, these adventures and just putting myself in beautiful places and being in the outdoors and even going on these, these hikes, on short hikes in the day in winter. I've not had to take any of them tablets. And I can honestly say I'm the happiest I've ever been. Um, so that, that, that's a massive change in me since, since I've took on this hobby. And it's definitely another reason why I continue doing it. You know, it's just the benefits to to this kind of thing, hiking, and you know, even the, the massive trails that you guys are doing. It's all it's all about the mind, in, in my eyes, the mind and the physical well being. You know, so mm-hmm. th- th- those are the biggest, the biggest, biggest uh, changes I've seen.
1: Yeah, n- there's definitely a a uh, trans transformational aspect to nature. I mean, I think the more time you spend out it, out in yeah. it. The, the better off you are it uh yeah we we i've talked to a number of folks who do uh the long trails out here mm. in america and usually it's people dealing with stuff you know it's it's yeah. uh, vets that have come back from combat who are sorting through their problems and and their yeah. issues it's other people that have gone through major life transformations and they've lost somebody or their their career has taken a sudden turn and and uh they they spend months on end out in nature and come out better for it. So it's a uh, definitely huge impact. Yeah. Huge positive impact. Is.
2: Yeah, definitely is. I mean, I mean, in, in a community, again, the UK sort of YouTube community, there's quite a few ex military guys. And again, on, on Insta and that kind of backs up what you're saying there, you know, it, it mm-hmm. just, it's, I don't, it, I don't know. I don't know whether it's the sunlight that you are getting, the you actually seeing the whole day, whether it's what you're seeing, the peace and tranquility, um i haven't worked out how how it's doing what it's doing to me but like i say i mean we're in the middle of winter now we've only had eight hours of dark eight, eight hours of sunlight today and i'm as happy as larry you know so that, and that's it, the only thing i've changed this year is having this hobby isn't it uh,
1: you're as happy as who
2: larry <laughs> is that not an american is that not an american Tim? happy as larry
1: have have not heard that i have have not heard that i've heard uh, hey bob's your uncle bob's your uncle but i have not heard happy as larry so
2: <laughs> happy as larry there you go another one for you.
1: <laughs> do you know who do you know who is larry
2: that's generally the question that follows when you say happy as larry they say who's he and yeah uh, yeah i don't know who he is it's just the uk saying it must be
1: <laughs> nice all right how about uh how about some of your other adventures have you? Yes. Uh, have you taken some longer trips? Any multi-day trips?
2: Yeah, I've done a couple. Um, so obviously, we, I did the Anglesey Coastal Path um, again. I was out with Dai. Now, the idea behind that was we wanted to get involved in a bit of uh, a bit of fishing, coastal fishing. While we were there, we wanted to get a catch and cook and whatnot. So we, we did we did part of the we did basically the northwest side of Anglesey. Um, mm-hmm. We dropped off at a, at a place called Innistvy Fiddlin. Now I can't spell that for you. It's Welsh. <laughs> it's called Into the <laughs> yeah, And it, it's a, it's an absolutely beautiful place. Um, it's like it's like a cove, a cove with uh, uh, caves in the rocks. There's um, an island that sort of protrudes out. It's just a very small, very tall island that protrudes out. Again, you wouldn't think it was the UK. It's absolutely beautiful. So we went from there, um, and then we sounds, hiked around. Sounds
1: like a-, a Game of Thrones setting.
2: Yeah, do you know what? Yeah, it, 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 you could put it as that, yeah. You could do it. Um, so, so that the Anglesey Anglesey Coast Path, we did a fair bit of hiking there. Um, I like I like the Lake District. I like um, I did a Scarfell Pike. It's the highest highest mountain in the U, in well in England. Scarfell okay. Pike. Um, so that that area there is my favourite. So you know I'll, we go on our long hikes up around that way. Play a place called Wasdale. Um, you've got a lake called Was and at the, the head of Westwater you've got a place called Wasdale, and from there. The trail begins for the biggest um, mountain in England, which is Scarfell Pike. So, I don't know; it's a special place. You've got the deepest body in England, right next to the highest mountain in England. So, it's the biggest sort of thing. But um, yeah, that, we've done that. I've done a Scarfell Pike on my own. That was very challenging. I must admit. I think that was only my second or third wild camp. Loaded up my backpack and just yeah drove there and said, "I'll see," said to the missus, "I'll see you in a couple of days," sort of thing. Um, that was a big challenge Um, we've done that we've done obviously Snowdon route we've done um, Snowdon's the biggest mountain in Wales so we did um, we went from Penifan to uh, Llanberis so up and over the top we're not talking multi-day here Um, but no there will be some to come this year
1: okay well let's talk about that what's what's next for Sean
2: right okay so I've been asked to do um, well yeah, basically asked to get involved in a, a charity hike. Um, it's for Platterbridge Cancer, Platterbridge Cancer Cancer Care. It's basically a, a cancer care unit around the northwest where we live. Um, there's a girl who's a, a friend of a friend who unfortunately has has developed cancer, um, I think, I think it's anal cancer. Um, so so we're working on on that charity. Also, my father-in-law, he also passed away, unfortunately, at the beginning of the year through cancer, and he was in Glasser So it's another reason why I've kind of jumped on this challenge. Um, it's not so much a, a trail. It's, uh, it's a lot of road plodding. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to hike uh, for three days from Chester to Mount Snowdon in Wales to Snowdon, and then summit on the final day. So it's like 66 miles in three days with a, with a summit at the end. Um, so that's something that by the time this is out, um, the, the, the sort of fundraising will be in full swing, and it'll be announced and all and all whatnot. So, yeah, we've got that to come. That's, that's going to great. be a challenge. Sixty-six yeah.
1: miles in three days—that's uh, that's a good clip.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not bad. I think it's a, it's a realistic challenge to set myself. But you know, with this again, with the YouTube and the and the Instagram and sort of gaining this this sort of sort of I don't know if call it following. It's a bit cringeworthy, really. But people wanting to watch my sort of videos and people being inspired by what I'm doing. And now I want to use that for charity now. You know, it's, I want to make it worthwhile and sort of, you know, achieve something from it. So, like, like I mentioned earlier, the, the the coast to coast, the Wainwrights coast to coast, mm-hmm. that's a 200-mile 200, 200 trek. Um, you know, I definitely want to sort of work my way up to that. And this year is going to be about getting myself into a position where I'm fit enough and healthy enough to be able to take on them challenges.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about your fitness. What is your level of fitness right now? And what, 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 where, do you, where, where are you now and where do you want to be?
2: I'd say not great. I can climb, I can climb a mountain, but we're talking a UK mountain. Um, I've got dodgy knees, uh, a dodgy knee, should I say. I get, I get pains when I walk downhill. I've spoke to a physio about that. I've been assessed by a physio, a small assessment, is it? It's a friend. Um, what do they think it perfect, is? What, what's wrong flat,
1: with What's wrong with your dodgy knee?
2: I've got a flat foot. A flat, flat foot. foot. Yeah. And flat that, foot, impacts, yeah.
1: that impacts your knee.
2: Yeah. So she was explaining it to me. It's dead interesting. So with the flat foot, essentially, my ankle rolls in. So if, you're, if you haven't got that arch and your ankle's where it should be, your ankle rolls in. And then if you look at your leg, uh, the lower leg, you've got two bones coming up, yeah? Mm-hmm. Now the bone on the right-hand side, I don't know if it's that tibular or fibular. Essentially, if your if you're, if you're, if arch of your foot is pressed down, your ankle's rolled in, that bone at your knee joint is grinding. Because it's not aligned, so essentially, what well, I've, got, I've got some exercises to do, to need to do, and uh, and get some insoles as well. And she's quietly confident that will solve all my issues. I can, I can climb uphill all day, no problem. It's just the downhill. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of where my physical issues lie, which I'm going to sort out. And then in terms of my so you don't fitness, you don't
1: need you don't need a foot reconstruction surgery to to install an arch <laughs> in that foot.
2: No, 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 no. Just chuck a <laughs> chuck, chuck an insole in and do some foot exercises. Let's build, let's build up the muscles in that foot. Okay. Uh, like i say, she, she's quietly confident I can get into that to that sort of position. It's just exercises, um, to, yeah, just to realign everything really. So I've got that, and then in terms of actual health, like I said, I kind of stumbled across this this hobby and fell into the whole YouTube thing and kind of not changed my diet. Uh, I still drink, you know, still still like to drink beer. I, I, I smoke, which is terrible. I know it's not good. So. I've got those things to work on this year and try and sort of stomp out. Don't get me wrong. We'll still be doing room, room reviews on the, on the, on the art video and whatnot, but I'm definitely looking at getting some distance on my feet in the year to come. So yeah, it's all about working on fits and maybe a bit of running for him. You know, it's legs like fit.
1: Okay. Very good. Hey, we're going to do an impromptu top five list here because okay. we're, we're coming up on the, uh, as we're recording now, we're coming up on the, the new year. And so it's a, it's a good time for, kind of new year's resolutions. So let's, let's talk about uh, top five hiking destinations that Sean sees for himself uh, as he continues this, this hobby, you know, where, where could this take you, Sean? Where do you, where do you want to end up? Uh, if you could pick top five hiking destinations.
2: Okay. Um, number one on the list is going to be Ben Nevis, Scotland. Um, simply because it's the only big peak in the UK that I've not done. I've managed, I'm, I'm gutted I've not managed to get it in this year because I wanted to get all three done within a year, which is a big achievement for, for me. As I said, not that fit, but you know it had been great. Fortunately, it hasn't happened. So that's, that's, that's number one next year for a bit of an achievement. It's a long drive up there. It requires, you know, it'd be like a three, four-day trip just to get up there, climb up there, and explore a few other places. So that's definitely on the list. Um, next sort of trail that I'd like to do, would be, the, I don't know if you've heard of the Snowdon 3000s. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's essentially, it's around Snow. it's in Snowdonia, it includes Snowdon and Trafan and whatnot. A lot of ridge walking, um, but the idea is that the total elevation over the course of this whole, whole whole hike, which can take, I think it takes around 24 hours or, or whatever. But the idea is, is that the total ascent over the whole of the, the, the trek is 3000 meters. Um, so that's definitely one that will be a good test, and it's something I'd have to build up towards because there's certain sections of that that are quite sketchy. You know, decent decent ridge walking, scrambling. Um, so I'll have to go and do them myself first anyway. So there's that, and then from there, I don't know. There's there's a there's a few different places. Um, I guess can I do fine? <laughs> I could the West Island Way again, the one that I know about. I could do that again like I say, I want to involve a lot of charity in the things that I do, so these will be challenges for me, you know, to uh, raise money for for good causes, and then I'm I'm not going to say five, I haven't got five, but I have got the pinnacle of what I want to achieve over the next three years, and that is Mount Kilimanjaro definitely, I want to go in, like within the next three years, I want to get myself to a position where I can go and reach the summit of of Mount Kilimanjaro now, I know there's, there's, you've got to be obviously fit to do this, and there's a lot of these guided tours and you can go from any level from, you know, they have your, they have your kit set up for you when you get there and all that. I want to try and do it as minimal as possible. You know, I, I want a guide or, mm-hmm. or whatever you call that, a ship or whatever, but right. you know, I want to, I want to carry my own weight up there. I want to be able to, you know, summit it under, under good guidance again, because the altitude sickness and whatnot, and that's, that's probably on the list for, for the next few years.
1: All right. That's a, that's a good list. It's a good list. Any desire to do, uh, longer trails like uh, the Camino. Is that America? No, Camino um, is uh, Camino de Santiago is in Spain.
2: All right, there is one actually. There's one in Mallorca. and I, I wish I wish I wrote this down where it is. There's a trail basically that goes from, from Mallorca, the island of Mallorca, from the south to the top. Now that that I have spoke about that actually with, with my friend Di before in the past, that I think that would be a brilliant. A brilliant hike to do, especially with the challenges of, of the, the additional heat. We don't mm. get a lot of heat in yeah. the UK, it's not that hot. Um, but no, you know, certainly in the future, never say never, let's let's see let's see where, the, where this hobby takes me.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's all kinds of uh different long trails out there, and they all have their own different personalities. Uh, the mm. specific crust trail goes from Mexico to Canada on the uh the west side of the United States, and wow. you know, it's 2,600 miles, and you are, you know, there's no, there's, I don't think there's any shelters, any pre-built shelters out on the trail. Maybe one or two in a in a section or two, but, uh, you know, you're responsible for everything. You got your, your your sleep system, your tent, the your food, water, everything. Um, then you have uh, something like the Appalachian Trail, which goes from Georgia to Maine on the east coast of the United States, and there are huts, there are shelters built like every 20 miles or so. Along the this this twenty two hundred mile trail, and so I mean you you could spend a lot of your time indoors in a shelter. Of course, sleeping with you know fifteen sixteen other hikers out there that you may or may not know. And then there's the the Camino over in Spain. Uh, It follows the the religious route of the pilgrims um, back in the day, and you. You, you sleep in hostels every night i mean you, you you do your hiking and then you go to a go to a, a local pub or a, a a restaurant have your dinner and then you sleep in a, a hostel and then you you get up and you do it again so it's uh It's not the hardcore through hiking experience, but mm. uh, you still get to walk twenty miles a day and and uh yeah. see some incredible scenery so lots of I mean, lots of different options out
2: there Jeff yeah, I think for me. The whole um, attraction to it is, is, is the backpacking side, being self-reliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, don't get me wrong, the likes of the coast-to-coast that, that I know of here, um, it's a 10-day, 10, 10, 10 to 14 days. these days, you can do it in 200 miles. Um, you, you have to stop off in towns on the way, obviously, to replenish like, food and food and whatnot. And a lot right. of people do stay in pubs or b But I think for me, I've got into this hobby through the whole camping sort of thing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's I like I like kit and I like I like being able to develop a kit through different bits and bobs and research and being able to throw it all in my pack and maybe self reliant with that and just be out there. Um, you know, I've got to try it out a lot more <laughs> because obviously the most I've done is, is like a two day two day mm-hmm. thing. But you know, as as things go on and you know, as the fitness increases and the challenges that I've achieved have got bigger, then I guess my aspirations will grow with that as well. And mm-hmm. then you know I will be looking at doing much much, much bigger things. But right. a fair play to anyone who's who's used on them sort of massive trails over there. That is, yeah. That's some good going. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've got I've got number five for you. You ready? Go on. Have you heard yeah. of the John Muir Trail?
2: <laughs> yeah, of course. I've I know Dunbar very very well. I've camped there twice and uh, I worked there. I had a had a place there. Yeah.
1: No. So not not the John not the John Muir Way, but the John Muir okay. Trail.
2: Okay. Where's that?
1: Okay, so I was telling you about the Pacific Crest Trail, right? Mexico yeah, to yeah, Canada, yeah. 2600 yeah. miles. There is a subsection of the Pacific Crest Trail uh, that is basically 211 miles and it's in the okay. Sierras, the Sierra Nevadas, uh it's a mountain range in in California. Yeah. Uh some of the most scenic, beautiful, rugged country you'll ever see. High alpine lakes, uh Far from you know your your day or two uh, at least from hiking out in some sections to a to a town to get help yeah. or anything, but 211 miles. It, it uh, starts in Yosemite. Have you heard of Yosemite National Park?
2: I have heard of these places, bear in mind, I've never been to the never been to the US, right? Yeah. I've not been right. America, so it, yeah, but I have heard, yeah,
1: yeah. So the northern terminus is in Yosemite Valley, which is. Unbelievable, and the southern terminus of the trail is at the top of Mount Whitney, which is the highest mountain in the United States, the the lower forty eight, um, it's at fourteen thousand five hundred and five feet. Wow! And so,
2: well,
1: yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I I'd encourage you to do a, a little homework, take a look at the John Muir Trail, two hundred eleven miles right. of of wilderness heaven, and uh, if if that if that gets you motivated and you want to, you want to do that, you, you can, you can stay here at my place and I'll drive you up to the, uh, to the, to the Southern terminus to start your (laughs) hike.
2: Happy day. Have you done it yourself? Have you done that? I have,
1: I, I have, but I haven't done it in one, one fell swoop. I've done the Southern half twice, which is about 125 miles and then uh, I've done sections to complete the rest of the the northern half. So I have put my foot on on every piece of the path, but just not all in one one time. So,
2: well, respect there, mate. Respect for doing yeah. that. That's that's fantastic. I mean, yeah. like I said the highest mountain I've been up is eleven hundred meters. Eleven I know we work in feet and meters, so eleven hundred meters. And you know what? I, it, it was it was a challenge for my current fitness level, but I thought anyone could do that. I think it's when you when you start coming across this look at. I'm, the idea of there being some invisible force that can affect you, like altitude sickness, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. That's what intrigues me to to want to go and try. And I guess that's why for me Kilimanjaro is going to be, you know, one of the one of the things that I want to do, and I'm going to work on for the next sort like, of three years pushing towards doing that. It's just I want to. It's strange. I want to put my body under that. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want to experience that. So yeah. No, fair play. That's um, some some effort.
1: Yeah, there are I think six or seven mountain passes over ten thousand feet that you have to cross in the on the John Muir Trail. And Whoa. if you if you want to check out uh, my fledgling YouTube channel, the John Freaking Muir Pod YouTube channel, you you can see some of the clips from that trail as well as how Chopper earned his his trail name when he was on the Mineral King Loop Trail and had to be evacuated out. So.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get on that. I'll I'll have a gander.
1: (laughs) All right. Hey, Sean, you know where we are? Where are we? We are at the time where I ask you for your pro tip insight of the week. What do you have for us?
2: Okay, so for our
1: listeners listeners out there who didn't see what just happened, Sean took that piece of paper he's got in front of him, he flipped it over. (laughs) to the back page where he's got his pro tip all lined out. So I yeah. like got this planned.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's not so much, a, it's not so much a pro tip. So obviously as you probably established through this, uh, through this podcast, I'm not about, I'm not a pro. I don't claim to be a pro. I'm just a normal guy I'm getting out there and filming it. and putting it on YouTube to so inspire others. So my tip is probably to, well, it is, it's, it's to the people who are looking at, you know, you look at these videos on the sats, you find themselves sat there every night watching YouTube videos without actually not getting out. So basically, for me, my, my, my tip is going to be, it can only really be what I did, you know, start making lists whilst you're looking at these YouTube videos. Get, get, get into your mind exactly what it is you want to do. Do you want to go hiking? Do you want to go wild camping? Um, do you want to do some of the bigger trails? Find find what niche it is that you wanna get involved in or, or, or understand what it is that excites you when you're watching these YouTube or videos or you know, things on Netflix and whatnot. Start creating lists and then start getting your kit together. Um, you know, you don't have to buy it all at once. I certainly didn't buy all mine at once. It was it was over a period of a few months. Mm-hmm. Um I started gathering certain things. And then once you've got your kit, plan your first wild camp, but don't do something silly like I did and go 200 miles away in Scotland when you're working away and all you've got is a old van to rely on, which is a good hike away from you. Start looking for local places, I don't know, local woodland or you know, a small hill and get yourself out there and give your kit a shakedown before you do get out on the bigger adventures. Because if it does go wrong, you can always bail. And I guess that the top tip is don't be scared to bail on a camp. And a camp or a hike, don't be scared to turn back. You know, I'm all for pushing myself, and you know, think of what people should push themselves. But you know, if you've got an element of doubt in your mind, don't be scared to pack up and just turn around on your heels and head back.
1: Very good, great pro tip, excellent. Thank you. All right, but before we go, before we leave this week, we would be remiss if we did not talk about uh, one of Sean's YouTube videos on his channel that has gotten, I think the most amount of views of all your videos. And it has to to do with a drone. What uh, are you, are you a drone pilot as well?
2: Is that another Uh, hobby? I'd say pilot loosely, I'd say pilot (laughs) loosely. I, yeah, I I use, I use the drone to get some, uh, you know, some of the aerial shots from the videos, get, you know, cinematic footage over the mountains and whatnot. on this particular day, I was actually invited out by, um, we've, met, we've mentioned his name, Dave Outdoors. Um, mm-hmm. He also has a, a YouTube channel, as we said. He was, he was uh, far more followers than me. And, you know, to be invited out by another, another guy who's sort of doing pretty well in it, it, was, uh, you know, it was great. So I decided to meet up with him in the Peak District. Um, we walked over some hills and ended up at a place called Lady Bower Reservoir. Now, Lady Bower Reservoir is kind of unique because it has, has these overspill shafts. And the idea is, obviously the reservoirs is a, is a dam holding back a load of water. When the level gets too high, the water falls falls through these huge holes, goes down some tunnels, and then out the other side of the dam. So, you know, to stop it going over the top of it. So when we got there, being macho Sean explores that I thought I was, I'll get the drone out and I'll have a little look in them tunnels. So I've got, got my drone over there hovering over the top of these overspill shafts. And um started to, to descend within the tunnel, Dave they, had his, his drone flying out over the other side and you know, we were having lots of fun until I heard um, a bit of a crackle and a crackle on my, on my transmission and bang, the, the, the drone just flew into the, the sidewall of this vertical tunnel. It, it came back, it sort of balanced out and then bang straight again and it was gone. It just, uh, yeah, I lost it down a 70-foot shaft. Um, I probably only took it out on two outings as well. It was the DJI Mavic Mini, you probably know about them. Other drones are available. So I was just in turmoil. I didn't know what to do with this, you know, this really expensive drone that I bought. I shouted Dave over and we're weighing it up. we think, what can we do? You know, I'm like, it's, it's, it's in the <laughs> There's a hole in the middle of this this reservoir that, you know, you've got to swim across to this thing if it was going to do it. And then I tried, how are you going to get down 70 foot? So, Anyway, in true Englishman fashion, we decided to go for a pint in the pub. So we went <laughs> for a pint. <laughs> we went for a pint, had a couple of pints. We sat there wondering what to do. And I thought, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna have to Google these, these tunnels and just see if there's any, any information on these tunnels on the internet and whatnot. And, um, yeah, I found out that the, the, there's an exit hole for these pipes. Obviously, what effing has an entry, has to have an exit point. So that kind of gave me the, the idea of where it was. So we decided after a couple of pints to go on this recognition um, and basically that's what that video is about. It's, it's, it's me retrieving my drone from um, incredibly dark reservoir tunnels 70 feet below the ground. Uh, let's just say that was an unexpected adventure and it's, it's proved to be possibly one of my better videos.
1: <laughs> was it a successful recovery mission? Uh, You'll have to watch the video. Okay, wow. Keep us hanging. Keep us hanging. <laughs> I, I see a trend. I, t- I see a trend, Sean, and that is that uh, new gear doesn't, uh, does, it doesn't do well with you. you know, <laughs> from uh, your first time with the, the tent and sleeping bag and the, and the yeah. sleeping pad, and now your, your drone that you've just used once or twice, any, any new gear you have should be very nervous when you take it out.
2: It should be, but for the viewers, I think, I guess what they think is if he gets some new kit, he's certainly going to put it through its paces.
1: That's right. (laughs) Fantastic story. I'm glad glad we're able to fit this one in. Fantastic. Brilliant. So there you have it. That's it. Season two, episode 11 is in the books. I hope our listeners enjoyed our time with Sean, and I want to thank him for joining us this week. Sean, once again, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media, and where can they find updates on your latest adventures?
2: Yeah, so YouTube and Instagram, it's Sean, S-H-A-U-N, underscore, explores. You'll find me on both there.
1: Okay. Remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We are on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at johnfreakamirror at gmail.com. Sean, I'm also looking to, to you to give our listeners your recommendation for a book, a movie, a documentary, a website, YouTube channel, that will help keep them connected to outdoor adventures? What do you have for us?
2: Not much of a reader, as you've probably established. Um, I watch a lot of YouTube. So we have mentioned his name earlier on. Um, get watching Hayes Outdoors. He's who inspired me. Um, he does all sorts of stuff, whether he's in the bush, the bush sorry, whether he's in the forest or he's swimming in a freezing cold lake or he's at the top of a mountain and he's in, in bird. The guy, if you're from the UK, just give him a watch. Very humorous. Chilled out guy gets out to some great places and it's good entertainment.
1: Yes, good choice, good choice. That's a wrap from the John Freaky Mere Studio. Any any shout outs, uh, Sean, to any of your friends or relatives who may be listening?
2: Yeah, um, again, it's probably from the YouTube community. I don't, I don't know. I get my missus listening to this. he watches enough of my <laughs> YouTube videos, foot by force. Um, so yeah, so big shout out to Die Outdoors UK. Um, again, he's out on most of my. He's in most of my videos. Go and check him out on, on Instagram. Top guy. A um, couple of shout-outs to a couple of guys who've helped me out on the way as well, being um, Dave Outdoors, which you've mentioned as well. Mm-hmm. He's got a, a half-decent follow. He's got about 3,000 subscribers now, and it's growing every day. He's doing pretty well. Um, Ash Outdoors. Everyone's, have you noticed all the UK guys have got Outdoors after them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ash Outdoors, another top bloke. Um, we're going to be sorting some collaboration camps and videos this year. Um and then another another really good YouTuber to watch is a YouTuber called um his channel's called Step Away from the Screens. Um his name's Nobby. He likes he's he's done the Coast to Coast Trail. He's done a lot of things that I'm aspiring to go and do. Um he's he's already gone and done them, for
1: extremely his, funny guy. His name's Nobby.
2: His nickname's Nobby, yeah, I think his real so, name Sounds
1: me. sounds like a trail name.
2: Nobby, there you go. Yeah, do yeah. Know what it will be. Again, ex ex-military guy he is. Um Hard as nails. Get on to him. (laughs) Okay.
1: Step away from the screen. I'm going to check that one out.
2: Step away from the screens. Really, really funny guy. Yeah. Top man.
1: Okay. Well, thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if a fire ember has burned through your tent, your sleeping bag, and your sleeping pad. The trail is the trail. Embrace the sock.